right, Jan. We, we've talked Champions League. We've covered about just about as much as you can in the Super Bowl as, as you would like. Maybe not. I don't know. There's another topic you want. Let us know. But we're going to move on now, and we're going to talk about the other big, big storyline that has happened this week, the James Harden trade, him and Paul Millsap going down to Philly, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a couple of draft picks, and, of course, Ben Simmons heading over to Brooklyn. Who won the trade between the Nets and the Sixers? Yeah, I mean, they both were really, really good good on both sides of this both of them got out of a situation that was gonna you know take a lot of distractions uh take you know take a lot of attention from what the team was trying to do so i think it was a great trade on both ends i'm gonna say the nets simply because i think that the 76ers have problems that james harden can't solve not not like he's a scorer and he's a great offensive player distributor but like Look what happened to the Nets against the Celtics. They got blown out by, like, 50. And James Harden isn't going to help that, you know? Like, maybe he can score an additional 30, but you're still going to lose by 20. So I think that the <laughs> Nets got Ben Simmons, who can help on defense. They got Andre Drummond, who kind of adds some size there. I think he's a great addition. And Seth Curry, another shooter on the outside. I think all of these players are good auxiliary players to add around KD. And if you add Kyrie, that's uh, icing on the cake. I'm not... I'm not even putting any, you know, thought to that because I'm assuming he doesn't play anymore. Um, because well, he's just, playing on the road, right? I know he's playing on the road, but I just who knows what happens in the future with with him and not. You know what I mean? Like I just don't. I I think what's more important. I don't is, think he's gonna play. Like I am certainly like not gonna bank on him playing a single game in. I guess probably California restrictions the same. Maybe California or New York, but. He's playing most games on the on on it, uh, like on the road, and I think now too, like maybe he was a little. I I, I think he's gonna be a part of the team. It's it's a weird gauging on how much impact, how much a part of the team he'll be is very very tough. But I think to look at the Nets and like be like and not consider Kyrie a part of them is because I've done that and and like it's it's not an accurate depiction because he he still is gonna play. Right, but I would. But here's what I let me rephrase that. Then I think the Nets did what they needed to do to put the right pieces around Kevin Durant. I get, I get where uh, without Kyrie, they, they can they can still win. I get, yep, hundred percent. I agree. I yeah, agree. I agree. I think they can win now, even no matter what Kyrie does. And if Kyrie is coming and playing, great. I just don't consider him a centerpiece of that team. Like you said, I consider him a factor for sure. Um, but he's he's an X factor rather than someone to surround th- these players can surround. But now KD has this help, and especially with Simmons, if Simmons can get his head right, you know, I think that he can be a really good asset on defense and know that there are other players that are ready to score, that he doesn't have to be that second offensive piece, um, which I think kind of got to him in Philly. And yeah, I also think that pairing Simmons with Durant will help Simmons more than I think pairing Embiid and Harden together will help. You know, because both of them were players that were kind of begrunged a little bit. Um, and so I think Simmons has this this space, because he's still young. I think KD can still turn around Ben Simmons' mind, where I think James Harden, well, and, he could be disappointed with the, the situation thing, at the end of the year. Right. And then here's the thing with the Ben Simmons, because, like, it's... First off, yeah, Nets, Nets won the trade. I, I even think, at first I was like, oh, the Sixers probably won it for this year. No, I, I don't think no. so. Like, the Sixers, and the Sixers were so, here's the thing, too. Anytime one of the parties is so desperate to make the trade, which from most of the news reports, it's clear the Sixers were like, we're going to do anything to get this done. And from that, like, Seth Curry can get you 25 on a night. And, and also, like, with the Kyrie thing, you got Patty Mills, who is a, is a starting, a, a winning, like, NBA champion starting point guard. Uh, I guess, no, he never started in those leagues. But he was right by Tony. He was sixth man. Um, and, and Andre, like, the team needed defense and rebounding. You get one of the most versatile defenders in Ben Simmons, which is his true strength. Like I said, he's not asked to be the offensive, like, especially if Kyrie's playing – you think there's going to be a play drawn up 
for a big time bucket. And they're going to go with Ben over Kyrie or Kevin Durant, the greatest scorer of all time. Like, come on. But the, the, the Ben Simmons, because the other, the other, you know, question you have is, is who's pre- who has more pressure on them now. And I think it's, it's, it's clearly hard because the situations between them aren't even the same. Like, I think a lot of people think it's like, ah, oh, they both are just mad. Like Ben Simmons went through, as I've talked about before, when from the, the Ramona Shelburne story, of the, these very traumatic, like, interfamily drama and, and lawsuits and all this stuff, and it affected his mental health. And I feel like he thought the Sixers weren't there to, to stand by him and help him. It wasn't like, hey, we're not winning enough games. He was like, I'm going through some shit, and it does not seem like you guys are by my side. James Harden, like, if we're talking about who has more pressure, it's easily James Harden. This is the... I don't even know how many times James Harden's done this. He wanted Chris Paul traded off. He wanted Russell Westbrook. Or no, did he want Westbrook? They probably wanted Westbrook traded. He wanted himself traded to the Nets. Now he wants trade. Like this is such a he, he's still such a great player. But it's like, dude, this is the pattern for you now. Like it's almost you expect him to be a, an issue. Where like like you said, Ben is so young. It's happened once. It seems far more like a. I was going through some shit and you guys didn't have my back. Not a, I'm unhappy with this situation. We're not winning games. And like, I'm not doing well enough where James has done that all the time. Right. I think, you know, James Harden is a first ballot hall of famer for sure. But I think that, I think that his legacy gets tarnished with every team that now he tries to move from because of whatever diva thing that he has going on. He's, I he's think, not going down as the, one of the most likable players. No. For sure not. Um, I think that... I think that really... Yeah, I think it's easily James Harden because we still don't know what to expect from Ben Simmons. Like, he has had so much stuff going on from the start of his really young career. And so, you know, whatever happens, I think that... uh, I I just think there's more room for Ben Simmons. Yeah, it has to be the beard. He's he's the more proven player, and and as much as Ben Simmons isn't liked by Philly, I think most people still look at Ben Simmons as someone who isn't like unsalvageable or anything like that. Like if he had if he had done something where people were wondering whether he could make it anywhere, like maybe, but he hasn't. He's just been he's been really like uh, you know. Well, he's like been I mean that that missed the the. The missed like layups, the the dodging, like it looks so bad, and then right. he hasn't, and then he hasn't played in so long, that that's like he, I get him not like I, I'm not saying he should have, but it, it him not playing has has hurt himself so much because that's the last image we have of you, of you on the basketball court, so it's hard to think of you or, or, of any as any other player because like that's. What have you done for me lately? It, it wasn't all that good, man. Right, exactly, exactly. But I think I think Philly, everyone who's like, yay, Philly, all of a sudden, I'm like, they're about to be disappointed at a whole different level now. Like, they're, they, you, you, you think you fixed the problem and you add James Harden and all of the rapping looks great, but it, it's, that's not your problem. Embiid is being a monster on offense. That's not your problem. That is not your yeah. problem that you're fixing. I mean, they're gonna so. like the pick and roll is gonna be unguardable. Like they're they're gonna be incredible in that. But even just like touches, it's 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 gonna be a harder thing to fix, or a harder thing to figure out too. Like you're saying, like with the Ben saying, like that's the other thing with Ben. Like the pressure's on James because like you're gonna be the ball handler. You're gonna like we're gonna expect you to score thirty points. Ben has the the has Kevin Durant and Kyrie to protect him on the, even that sort of pressure. And yeah, like James is gonna, he's, he's gonna have to bring it and also bring it because like, like you said, Embiid is playing so, so well, playing at MVP level. If you start, if you come in and like mess that up, it, the blame's going to be on you. Right. And it's also like, if that starts to fall South, even a little bit, Harden is a diva, and Embiid is also not without his diva tendencies. So those oh, two yeah. seem very friendly right now, but they could easily just fall into a Those war. are two volatile right. personalities. 100%. And I just think that they don't need that. But I 
just and Philly is such a volatile place. Like right over the last like, not that New not that New York's hard, but or not like New York's not hard, but like like Philly is not gonna give you any no. an inch like on no. anything. Absolutely. So I I think it's most certainly uh, Harden that has more pressure, and I think that's another reason why I think that the Nets won this trade. You know, I think that we were yeah. all looking at the Harden, KD, Kyrie thing as not a long-standing thing, but as something that might win them a championship now. And now with this trade, you almost do see kind of a situation forming Some where longevity. the Nets are set long-term. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the duo, at least, between... Durant and Simmons. Again, I think Kyrie only has faith and loyalty to himself, so I'm going to leave him off that list. But I think that the duo there... I think, that, I think that's fair when you're talking long-term, for sure. Yeah, but I think that even the duo there is enough to really keep the Nets competitive, uh, especially oh, yeah. because I think KD is just like a good dude to learn from. I think that he's he's not a mentor, I wouldn't say, per se, but I'm already looking at them talking on the sidelines in a couple of the shots, and I'm like... I think he's going to be good for Ben Simmons. I really do. I have that feeling. Well, and like he he really is a, a mentor to, to a lot of those guys. Like he doesn't take on that like normal mentor role we think of it, but like he is to a lot of those guys. And like for those guys, like because if you're you know an NBA player, you're a basketball freak. You're a basketball like savant. You just like almost had to be. For a lot of them, like Durant is the dude. Like he's their LeBron. He's their Kobe. He's their MJ. Like they look up to him as like you are the the best, and, and most basketball players in general, I like look to him as like being just one of those guys who's on, who's on a whole nother level, and and, he just, and that alone makes him a, a good leader. Right, exactly. He's a good leader because he leads by example, and I think Ben Simmons does still want to make that kind of career for himself. So I think it'll be good to be around that kind of player who plays really well. And yeah, KD has his own drama sometimes, but not nearly as much as a Harden, not nearly as much as, as a Kyrie or an Embiid or anything like that. So I think he's in the right place. And I think being coached by another great Steve Nash is going to be good for him too. I think Steve Nash understands that player's mentality uh, very well. So I think it's a good trade for Simmons. And I think, I don't know why people are, assuming Philly is the favorite in the East now. I just, I think it's ridiculous. I, I understand. James Harden and Bede, very good pair together. But, like, that's not what makes the best team in any conference. That never is what it is. Well, and, like, the thing, too, is, like, that we all forgotten the defending champions yeah. who are starting to find their stride. Like, they kind of started the season a little sluggish. They are looking like the defending champions now. It's like for me, even for the net, like I think this helped the Nets. I think I think overall it probably will help the Sixers, but I'm I'm not ready to give either of them the crown as as the favorite of the East. It's like with the way the Bucks are playing. Right. It's still the Bucks. And anybody who was like took the beginning of the season when we know the NBA regular season means Jack as like a yeah. reason why we should discount them, that doesn't watch enough basketball, right? That's the, like the first NBA season. <laughs> Yeah, it's their, it's, their first, it. it's their first season. Congratulations. But, uh, that would yeah. be fun. Yeah. I am excited season? to see how this trade affects both teams. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm sure there will be plenty of drama, and I think at least one oh, of those yeah. teams will end up on the good side of it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I think maybe I'm certainly net being Nets optimistic, but uh, and honestly, I like I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't care if it, it would be good for the Sixers because it would be but like a very effective Harden and Embiid offense would be like a very fun thing to watch but you're right and and like we talked certainly pressure on James there's still going to be pressure on Simmons like yeah New York is not as maybe mean as Philly it's still a big old spotlight so you're right the 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 development of how these trades start going down like we're going to be keeping a microscope on it right but I think the good thing about him moving to Brooklyn is that he will never right now be the biggest diva on that team. Like Kyrie will be the biggest diva on that team. Or be be the biggest name. Or be the biggest name. So I think he can be right in that sweet spot where he can just focus on his getting better at what he's already an all-star at, which is his defensive play and his his ability to like see the game offensively 
in a really intelligent way as well. For sure. Yeah. I'm not saying like pressure. I just, as much as like, I mean, if he was traded to, you know, the jazz, we probably wouldn't be so, and it like, you come to New York, you're going to be like, we are going to watch this very closely. And it's, I'm excited because like he is, he's such a unique player too, where basketball wise, you like, you just want him to, to find himself and, and start feeling, start feeling better and, and get back out there because uh, right. he's a fun dude to watch too. Like uh, he's, he's such a big athletic, like it, it, people talk so much about his shooting his his offense, like scoring at times, but like, you take away the score, and, and, and he's so, so talented, so skilled. We'll see how those trades go. Jan, what's another kind of move or maybe just like a pickup that, that you think will have an impact on, on the playoff run, the playoffs, just kind of the season in, in general? Well, there was a lot of talk, uh, you know, because of how the season had started and how long that these players have been together. Uh, let me just start this by saying I don't think me- like any big trades outside of that one are going to affect the playoffs because most of them were done with teams that I don't think are going to make the playoffs. The Kings aren't making the playoffs with Dante Sabonis, and the Pacers aren't making the playoffs, even though I think them getting Tyrese Halliburton will help them long term. And and the Pelicans, maybe they make that 10th spot, but they're not doing anything uh, because Zion, when is he going to come back? No one knows. So those teams that were involved in the other big trades, I don't trust them getting in the playoffs, so I'm not going to say that. But I'm looking at my Boston Celtics because they had some talk, especially with how both players were playing well, albeit not at the same time, that they were going to try to trade Brown or trade Tatum, and we've talked about it. But they stayed strong, and they added some pieces around them. Derek White, I love that pickup. I love Derek White. I, they got Daniel Tice back, who I think was always a great player for the Celtics. So I think they added all the right players, kind of released a lot of these players that were just intermediary, and it's already showing results. You know, we had the nine-game win streak. I think the Celtics can be a dangerous team to any team uh, in the East. Uh, They're not the favorite, and they're not even the second or third favorite, but I think they finally pushed themselves out of that play-in designation to one of the top six teams in the East where they belong. And I think that... um, I'm glad that they kept those two players together. So less of a trade and more of a non-trade that I think was a good move and, and might affect the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, certainly Celtics were busy. Uh, I I don't know if you don't pay attention to, to Texas sports or something, Jan, but the Mavericks, I thought, got a whole lot better. Uh, they're sitting five seed right now, and Porzingis just has not been a factor for them at all. Then you go and get Spencer Dinwiddie, a guy that's going to add some shooting, add another ball handler. And Davis Bertans is one of the most underrated players in the league. He's going to bring you the size. He's going to bring you the rebound. He can play the four or the five, defends well, shoots the lights out of the ball. So I think the Mavericks have added two big-time weapons to Luka Doncic, where like Pazingas just wasn't a factor at all, and this team's playing lights out. Now you had two other guys who also – Aren't like we like we talk about like the Harden and Simmons, like them figuring out Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Burdens are going to be able, like slide them in, they're going to crush it for you game one. And I think the Mavericks have just gotten a whole lot more dangerous. And we know what Luka can do, so you get enough guys around him, get him in the playoffs. That, that like that team can make a run in, in the Western Conference, and I think even more so now with that firepower. I agree that the Mavs got better. My problem is, I already thought very highly of the Mavs. So for me to think that it's going to affect their playoff run more would make me think, I think that they can knock off the Suns or the Warriors, and I don't think that still. So I, I just think I See, thought I think they, I the think they can. Dinwiddie okay. and Burton, like There you go. Burton's, Burton's and Dinwiddie are, are good. Like I think they were like borderline West Co- Western Conference contenders, and now they just add two of the like best kind of guys you can get for the role you're asking. Like They're, they're Western Conference contenders. If Tin, if Dinwiddie can stay healthy, I, I don't know. <laughs> he's had so many. He's been, he's been decently healthy in in Washington. Yeah, he's not, he's not. He's not. He's not that much. He's had like one big injury, really. Yeah, but yeah, okay. But I think that I, I just than, think, also healthier than the guy they traded away. Fair enough. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Healthier than Kristaps I I will agree with you. The Mavs. That's did a low get, bar to set, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I, I agree. The Mavs got better. I think that they're the third best team in the West, regardless of their of their uh, ranking right see, now. And I, w- and I wouldn't have said that before. Like I, I probably would have put the the Jazz in front of them, and and and, and maybe it's more that. 
we're not disagreeing on their competitiveness. Well, I guess you, you said you don't think they can beat the Warriors or Suns, but maybe you just thought of them already in a higher regard than I have in the, yeah. in the sense. Yeah, I just, with Luca, I just have always thought, <laughs> like, that team can do whatever they want. They're not the top two, True. but they're, they can do whatever they want. Um, but we've, I, but we've I, I do we've see... seen him do it. I do see your point. You know, you think to the last playoffs that they were in and, like, competitive. I, I, I remember when Luca went off a little injured, there was nothing else to be there. And now there is. You know, now there is kind of a, a core team that can get it done. You know, I, I, yeah. I, am, I am starting to come around. I think that's a great come point. Come around? Hell yeah. I, 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 am, I am coming around to Maybe. that. It, it also might be one of those things where, like, I just want it to work out really, really well. Like, oh, I, I think it can't. Like, I, like, can. I really I, – like, I believe in it, but, like, I also just, like – I'm like – Please, because, because like you said, like he's so good, and they've just not given him any help. Like if he has to come off, then they it's like they just falter. And and I, I think these guys have the ability to at least help already a, a core that's starting to play well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, and I I, I didn't really give. Yeah, I knew they traded Kristaps away, but I I don't know if I knew what they got back. So I I think knowing that. Is is big big time. They are they are those like it's certainly not a block like a blockbuster. Well, I, I guess maybe you could consider Przingis, but Dinwiddie and Burton's are not like big time. Like when you read those names, you're like oh like uh, okay, but like you start thinking about just like the team they have and the build. Like it's it's some good pieces that they're that they've got together. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good playoffs. I'm I'm so excited. I'm glad we had. I always love when there's at least like one big trade. Like, I love the big trade. And and even just the the other like we said like those those Celtics moves like I I think the Celtics did get a whole lot better. I do I do too. I'm excited. I was I you know th- I have no expectations still, but I I am I am excited, and I think that both players that we need to are playing lights out. The Marcus Smart injury is a little rough, but I I think he'll be he'll be fine. Um, I think another team that won really quickly that I got to say, all the teams underneath the Lakers didn't get any better and therefore I think that no matter how horrible they are they can still they can just still make the play in like the trailblazers yeah. were the closest team and they lost McCullum and without Dame Lillard they're not doing anything so you maybe look at the Pelicans we know that they're not going to do anything especially not to knock them out of the nine seed so I think the Lakers is also a team you can look at is like no team underneath you made a big trade where you have to worry about missing the playoffs so I think that that is something to bring up yeah, I agree. And then some people were making, you know, like a big deal about them not making a move. And honestly, I was kind of, I was going to be surprised if they were able to make, you know, like, it, what are they going to do? Right. You know, like, yeah, really. I mean, I guess that I know they tried to shop maybe like Horton Tucker, but I, even that one, I was like, I don't, I don't want to get rid of. Yeah. yeah. It, it would have surprised me. Let's go back to the NFL, Jan, because the NFL head coaching carousel is over. There are eight, right? Eight new head coaches. Yeah, Damn, that's so. a lot. That's a fourth of the league. Yeah, that's fourth of the league sucked. So Dude. there you go. <laughs> well, uh, six of them sucked. One of them wanted to retire. One of them's a, a racist. Yes, that's that's fair to point out. <laughs> that's fair to point out. <laughs> All right, Jan. So out of these eight coaches, three of them are getting their second chance as an NFL head coach. Jim Caldwell is, is also uh, a returning uh, – or Jim Caldwell. Yeah, Jim – no, not Jim Caldwell. To, to Lovey Smith. My bad. My bad, Lovey. Jesus. Jim the Caldwell. The disrespect I just put on Lovey Smith's name. Lovey uh, Smith, another guy who's coming back. It is his – I believe his third uh, NFL head coaching job. But McDaniel, Josh McDaniels. Doug Peterson and Dennis Allen are all getting their second chances with the Raiders, the Jaguars, and the Saints, respectively. Who do you think out of these these second time head coaches will have the most success? Oh, this is this is easy. Two are inheriting these big rebuilds, and one isn't. You know, Dennis Allen has it all to do for the Saints. I don't even think he's really their head coach. I think he's a stopgap to see what happens next year. And 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 Peterson, as much as he does have Super Bowl success, he has a lot to fix in Jacksonville as well. Um, Josh McDaniels is inheriting a good Raiders team, and I think Josh McDaniels is the kind of coach that they need, especially after a rough season. 
Um, and I couldn't think of a better personality to replace Bisaccia if you were going to replace him. So I think he takes the Raiders to the playoffs again. I think it's Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I, I certainly do think McDaniels is, is going to have some some success. Um, and the, like I said, the Raiders are, are sitting in a pretty good situation. I think he's certainly like with Bill Belichick, too. Like people forget Bill Belichick did not do well in his first head coaching job. And so to have a mentor like that go through somewhat of the same experience, I think it'll help him. I'm going to go with Doug Peterson because, I, yeah, I suppose that the Jaguars are in a rebuild, but, God, they're in a great position for a rebuild. Like you, you What we've seen from Trevor Lawrence is – he's going to be it. Like you can tell that there's just no way this guy isn't going to be a top NFL quarterback. And now you get a guy who is a quarter, like that's what he does is build quarterbacks. It's a team who I, I think just need like be clear of urban, get a fresh start. Like you said, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So he know or Super Bowl winning head coach. So he knows how to get it done. Um, and I think too, like, he, he just the way he's built the Eagles. I, I think he was he's he's a really good head coach as far as building a, a complete team. Like they, the Eagles would not have beaten the Patriots if if he wasn't such a good just like team builder in the sense of of being strong in, in all of the phases. So I'm going with Doug Peterson. I certainly agree with you where where Josh McDaniels I, I think is is going to do well. Dennis Allen is the only one where I I think we're I'm probably going to agree with you too. All right. I like Dennis Allen. I, I, I get the hire, especially because I, I think the players really, really want him to get hired. I hope he does well, but it's the one I'm probably least confident in. Uh, all right, Jan, four of the new hot offensive minds have been brought to head coaches. Eric B. me, somehow I'm not one of them. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was Eric's choice. I don't know. Something's yeah. dumb stuff. But Brian Dable, Hackett, O'Connell, Mike McDaniel, which of them is going to give bring the biggest improvements to their team's offense in the first year? Yeah, I think it's O'Connell. You know, I think he's a McVay protege. Um, and I think that the way that the Rams ran their offense, very star heavy. I think the Vikings have that star, have those stars to, to have a talented offense like the Rams. My only worry with O'Connell is, I, like he called Kirk Cousins elite. And, like, I have to, like, <laughs> put some questions there. I have a stat for you, I, Matt. I know I know he's your quarterback, dude, but come on. Just say he's a good player. Don't say he's elite. He's 7-22 all, all time against against uh, against playoff teams. Like, he's 7-22 and 22 against the teams that he's played that have made the playoffs. He's 7-22! and 22. Like, he's horrible. That's a stinky... And he would be worse if he wasn't also hadn't been in the NFC East where those teams were also terrible. So he wasn't playing playoff teams. Like honestly, like he True. he he is so bad. Or or didn't have or didn't have three extremely great offensive weapons. Right. Exactly. Like so. Like, can you imagine another it, quarterback with Thielen and Jefferson and Dalvin Cook? Like, if Matt, be if Matt the Jones. If Mac Jones was the quarterback of that team, they would have made they would have made the playoffs easy. They would have made the playoffs Agreed. easy. Like I Agreed. just think it's very hard for me to think, but I think what this will do, right? I think O'Connell will be able to answer a lot of the questions that are not quarterback related in Minnesota, and I think what that'll do is really put the lens on the fact that it is Kirk Cousins that is holding this team back, and I think then they'll be able to move on. So I think that will be what ultimately happens. But yeah, I think O'Connell will make the biggest improvements just because the Vikings have so much room to improve considering their weapons. Right, yeah. The other three coaches are, are certainly kind of sitting around. Uh, and I, I guess maybe Hackett will get lucky and get, and get Rodgers, and then, and then there will be some good improvements. But I think we would all agree those improvements would be more Roger-based than Hackett and and Dable, while I, I'm a big fan of Dable, I just don't think the Giants have enough to do anything with. I, I think O'Connell, I think he's the one that probably has the lowest or highest floor, just because, like you said, with like Kirk Cousins isn't elite, but he's probably a better quarterback than the other three guys have. And, and those weapons, as we said, with Jefferson and Thielen and Cook are so good. But I'm going to go with Mike McDaniel because I, I've never been a Chua guy, but, but I'm not a completely – uh, I don't think to his complete, like, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be elite. I think he can be a, a, a good NFL quarterback. And I do think the, the, the Dolphins have some exciting weapons. Jalen Waddle, the specific one I'm thinking of 
and, and what we've seen Mike McDaniel do in, in the uh, with the Niners do with Debo Samuel and, and George Kittle and, and the the way that he just utilizes special talent. I'm I'm drinking the Mike McDaniel Kool Aid so hard right now. So I'm, I'm going to go with Mike McDaniel, but but I agree. I think O'Connell is is, is certainly headed for some sex, success as well this year. Yeah, there's one reason why I'm not, and I'll and I'll bring it up next. Um, but I agree. I, I think that there is improvements to be made for the Miami offense, and that room for growth is definitely there. Well, let's get into it then, Jan. What are, what are you bringing up? Yeah, McDaniel was my least favorite hire, and here's why. Not because, what? Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Not because, not because he's not a good coach and what I think he's going to do with the team isn't good, but if you are firing Brian Flores, if you are firing Brian Flores... I, I, he, I like to replace him with Mike McDaniel after the job that he did doesn't make any sense to me. I think Mike McDaniel will do fine in Miami, but you really That's needed not to hire. Fair. It is fair because you fired a coach that was doing really well with the team, and Mike McDaniel right. is not a coach yeah, that like comes in. Those are it's two not, like. No, no, no. I think it matters simply because it's a team-oriented thing. I'm not saying it's my least favorite because of the coach himself, but I'm saying it's my least favorite because of the situation that happened. That's why I'm saying it's my least favorite. Get off your soapbox, bro. Hey, I'm sorry. The whole situation really made me upset. What's your and actual I thought... least favorite hire of, like, who do you think is a bad hire? That's what I want to know. We okay, get so who do Flores I think is bullshit. Like, yeah, it's garbage. But, okay. like, that's unfair to be like, fuck you, Mike McDaniel, because they did this to Brian Flores. That's not no, I'm fair, saying fucking Miami Dolphins for hiring someone with no, like, head coaching experience in order and replacing a oh, guy. God, who no really one's like, ever done that. No, I'm just saying that the Brian Flores did really great, and I'm just upset about it. But well, I we're agree. Talking, that's not the, what we're talking about. All right. So if I'm talking about the one that... We talked that, about Brian Flores. There was an episode back, Jan. I think you were a part of it. It's probably on Spotify. You can go listen. Okay, I can like, bring yeah, up things more than once. We bring up Yeah, but that's things. not what I'm talking about. Okay, well, I will get off my soapbox after making that statement. I think I, I'm still okay with making it. If I'm talking about fit, I did have a second of answer. Of course it's just an so okay statement. I'm not knocking your statement. Yeah, it's bullshit. They shouldn't have fired Brian Flores. Brian Flores is a G. He's a great head coach. It's garbage. It's 100%. But I'm asking you, which of these hirings do you think is like, going to be the worst? And to... <laughs> is that, I'm just... Yeah, I like. I wish the Dolphins weren't hiring anybody either. I I okay. agree. Okay, so but that's, the one that's going to do the worst. I guess my least favorite. Yeah, well, the word favorite I think threw me off. I I think the one that I think is going to do the worst is the is, word favorite threw me off. Well, because favorite is like <laughs> I like the situation, you know, and I didn't. No, um, we're talking about sports. Okay, well then you gotta get your uh, scope on sometimes, man. Oh my God! Listen to this guy. Okay, focused. Loves getting on his soapbox, but when I get on it, all of a sudden it's a big deal. Um, so let's just talk about the Bears really quick. Well, when you don't answer the question, I'm answering it. Let me for answer it. Oh my gosh! Let me answer it. Jeez, we're over it. Um, Eberflus for the Bears for me is the least. Is is not gonna? I don't love it because I know that Eberflus did well with the Colts, but. But I just don't think hiring a defensive-minded co coach is what the Bears need. They need someone who can really move the offense, and so that's why I'm not I'm not in love with with that hire. I think that he's going to do fine, and I think maybe long term it could be okay. But I I do like all of the other ones for the most part, um, and 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 the only reason why I don't have Dennis Allen here is because I think they needed to hire Dennis Allen, like you said, because he was a players coach, and because they're still hoping that Sean Payton comes back. So like, I, I, I don't necessarily think that, uh, think that I can, I can knock him, uh, for that. I think it's what they needed to do given the situation. So I'm going to go with Everflus. I think they needed an offensive minded coach that could really install, inst instill some, uh, faith in, in that, uh, Justin Fields offensive situation because it was such a mess, uh, sometimes during the season previous. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree about the Dennis Allen thing too. Like, I'm like, hey, is it a great hire? No, but I, yeah, like I, I get it. And you're kind of put into a bad situation too. I think it's, it's the Saints too. I think are like a team where it's like, well, we're built pretty well right now. 
let's let's ride the stability. So I think that sort of argument too, you could be like, okay, like the Dennis Allen thing. I the Eberflus one flus. I, I, yeah, I I don't get that higher at all. Like I, a defensive minded head coach, that this team needs to, to focus on the offense, on your quarterback. Like that, the reason the Bears haven't won isn't because they don't have a good defense. They routinely have a very, very strong defense. They don't really ever have all that strong quarterback play. So, I could not agree more. All right, Jan, we're completely done with football now. And now we're going to college basketball. My first question around the game. Who had the biggest win this week? Yeah, uh, I kind of, I, I couldn't pick between the two. So I'm just going to give two really quick. I think Villan, for the ranked teams, I think it was Villanova winning over Providence. I think Gillespie mm-hmm. came in. I think he scored, showed that he is still that player. And I think they did prove that they're still the team to beat in the Big East. We were both debating it still. And I think this proved it. Um but, for sure. But, but I want to pick Rutgers. They handled Illinois. Ding, they ding, their, ding. They had their fourth straight win against Big Ten ranked teams. They're killing it. Go Rutgers. They're, they're in the tournament now. Like that win over Illinois, they're in the tournament. Like you beat Michigan State, Ohio State, Illinois, and on the road at Wisconsin all in a row. Like it, the, the turnaround that that team has had, sometimes you, you see those teams – like have those turnarounds and then they run out of steam at March Madness. So they, if they do make the tournament, which I think they will, just the way they're playing, they they may run have one of those things. But they play just such tough defense and make the game so tough on you. Like that's a team come March. If, if they're rolling like they are now, that is is it's still going to be you know, uh, at best maybe maybe a seven seed, and they're they're gonna they're gonna wreck some brackets. They're gonna make some big noise. Not my bracket. I'm picking them up until the Sweet Sixteen, baby. I am. I don't even care. I'm. I like. I've seen this Dude, team for roll. Real. I'm ready I've seen to this pick team roll. Yeah. So I'm glad we agree on that. I think they're great. It does. It does give me questions about how good the Big Ten is. I think that all of these teams that are ranked in the Big Ten, I I think they could all easily get upset first two rounds. I don't really see any of them confidently. Besides. You know, Wisconsin, I think, Illinois. I think Purdue. I think Purdue. Well, oh, Purdue. Yeah. I'm not even considering. Just, but other, but otherwise, that. I agree. But otherwise, I agree. Like, the rest of them, you're like, ah, yeah. Like, you're good. Like, they're all good teams. But none of them, besides Purdue, do I, do I really look at. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you've, you've got a great chance to make a Final Four run. I, I completely agree. It's it's a yeah. great – I mean, it, the conference is, is deep and it's very, very strong. It's just not top-heavy in, like, a league. Yeah. I wasn't even, th- yeah, I forgot Purdue was in the Big Ten. They're just above in my head. They're like, yeah, you're top four team, like, go up there. They do They do have some weird performances every now and then, but I, come tournament time, just the weapons they have and, like, that their offensive ability, I'm like, you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah, they will be. I agree. But, yeah, I'm excited about Rutgers. It'll see. Hey, Rutgers is rolling. How about teams that are not rolling? Teams that are hitting DEFCON 1 this team's probably not hitting DEFCON 1 anymore. They did get a nice win over TCU. It might be more DEFCON 3, but boy, oh boy, I cannot believe Iowa State is in this situation. The oh way they God. started the season, that non-conference, you, you get wins over Xavier, the Hawkeyes, Memphis. Uh, they, I mean, they, they were killing it and then playing incredible defense. Uh, I, I did always think that their lack of offense would come back to, to bite them, but shit, it's bit them so much. That, that TCU win is, is a huge, huge one, and it, hopefully for them. It'll be one that will kind of stabilize their their season a little bit and keep them from the absolute spiral they were going in. Like I said, right. maybe more DEFCON three than one, but shit, like they they should not be on the bubble. Right, I agree. Iowa State's a great pick. Uh, I was thinking about picking them. I picked a team that's not going to make the tournament because they are in DEFCON one. So not because they're a great team, but because they started off decently. Let's see if you can guess the team. They started off nine and three. They had wins over FSU and Iowa, Ohio State, uh, but then they got into the new year and they did horrible. Florida. They start, they're Florida, exactly. They're Florida. There you go. They started off the year yeah, with three straight one. losses, but you thought, okay, they played Alabama, they played Auburn, of course, they played LSU, hard teams. Then they went seven and two, so they're at sixteen and eight. They're looking decent, but now they have 
back-to-back losses to UK and Texas A&M, and now they have Auburn, Arkansas, and Kentucky in their last four games. They're not making the tournament. They're not making the tournament. And so that's DEFCON 1 because you basically need to pull out a result against one of those top teams, and I just don't know. I just don't think they have it. So I think that Florida's hitting DEFCON 1 on making the tournament. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, 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 it certainly is one of the situations where it's like, I mean, you stumbled. So if you can get it, if you can steal a win or two, you can really help your season. But I agree. I don't see them stealing a, a win at all. Yeah, it's, it's going to be real hard. And I just, I don't think they have the players. And, and, and to be honest, seeing some of those games, the mentality to really like get through. I don't see them having a strong team mentality. And in college, that's what matters. That's what gets you through. Um, so, yeah, I think that. And I know, I know they're big man too. I think, I think it's a Castellanus or something like that. I, I, I don't know if he's out. I know he's been dealing with injuries and he really has been the, the vocal point too. So losing him has, has, has hurt them as well. But yeah, it's it's a team that that looks like I said they started the season strong and 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 the SEC is is tough this year certainly, but uh, they, they've not been kind of what we would expect. Jan, let's pick some games. Like I said, you're kicking my ass. You went three and two last week. The Miami comeback win giving you the edge. I'm sitting at a measly five and five, and you are eight and two, my friend. Killing it. Love it. I might, just, I might just have to I might just have to disagree with you this week just to try and start making a comeback. Yeah, we're gonna disagree. This week I was looking at it, and I think we're definitely gonna disagree on at least two or three. I I just have a feeling, so it'll be good. It's a it's a good line. It's a good line of picks. All right, let's start. Let's go with uh, let's go Florida State Duke first. Seminoles coming to Cameron Crazies. The Dukies barely surviving against Wake Forest this week. They've had some shaky performances. We'll see what happens with Coach K. He had to leave the game, so we are hoping he is healthy yep. as well. Who do you got in this ACC matchup? Yeah, you know, I, I, they are shaky, and, and it worries me about that. But Duke are 14-2 and two on home court, and they have the better team. So I'm, I'm still going Duke um, in this one. Agreed, agreed. I may, maybe if it was on the road, and maybe in Florida State. I mean, I was high on Florida State as they they looked like they were finding themselves. They have not. They, they do not look good. And, and coming into Cameron is, is a tough place to play, whether you're playing well or not. Yeah, exactly. It's always hard, even if Duke was a bad team, and Duke is not a bad team. So yeah, no, they are not. Yeah, as shaky as they've been, they still it's you know it's a team that's they're, they're the par- the parents Saint Germain of uh, of college basketball. You're like, well, wow, you, you don't look all that good sometimes, but shit, you guys are really talented. Yeah, you guys are still like you're you're not good as everybody else is the best they'll ever look. So it's <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's still pretty okay over For there. For real. <laughs> if Iowa or Manchester United looked like a shell of that, I'd be fucking pumped. Oh, I'd be lo- I would love to barely win over Wake Forest. Can we have that, please? Can we, can we have that win? I'll take that win. <laughs> For real. All right, let's uh let's do a little big east action. Xavier heading to Yukon playing the Huskies. In Connecticut, who do you got in this one? Yeah, hard, hard pick. Um, I I want to say UConn, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I I think that I'm picking Xavier. Xavier beat them in their first matchup, and I don't trust either of these teams. But UConn looks like a team that's ready for the floor to fall out from under them. Sonogo can't stay out of foul trouble. Every so often they have a good game, but it's like you said, they're just they're just not consistent. So I'm going Xavier. I'm hoping Jack Nungy has another game like he did that first time. He had 22 points. He's so killing looking it. At, looking at my boy to have a good game. Uh, so I, I'm going Xavier, and I think UConn kind of continues the slide here. Yeah, he's. I I I agree on this one. The whole thing. Nungy Nungy killing it and, and staying healthy, which good for him. He's he's one of those guys that that dealt with so many injuries that it's just tough when when you can't get on the floor. But staying healthy and, and helping Xavier, and I'm with you. I, I like I guess like. UConn, they're just, they're so inconsistent. And, and just the, like, sort of mentality of both these teams. Like, Xavier is a team to me that, like, could be down 40-0, and they would be like, hey, we can come back. Like, we can do, like, they just have that sort of, and UConn doesn't. So, I'm no. we're agreeing on that one. We're, we're agreeing for the first two. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think Xavier gets one on the road. Um, and, and another team that's probably going to be, Maybe six, maybe six to nine range. We'll see. We'll see how they finish the season. It'll be a fun team to watch in March. Let's go SEC, Jan. Tennessee heading to Arkansas. Arkansas was all high on the Razorbacks. They did get a tough loss to Alabama this weekend. Meanwhile, Tennessee just coming off a big, big win against Kentucky. Lost me a little bit of money. So 
screw you, Tennessee, but probably the best performance we've seen out of Tennessee. The defense was clicking. Offense finally scoring some points. I am going to go Arkansas on this one. I just think the Razorbacks at home, as well as Tennessee looked in that game, one game compared to 20, I, I still don't have a ton of faith in their offense, and especially at home, they're, they're, or especially on the road. They, they play usually better offensively at home. On the road, they, they really, really struggle. And and even though Arkansas had that, that tough loss at Alabama, overall, they, they're just trending in, in the right direction. Yeah, I don't trust the Volunteers' uh, offense, but I do trust their defense. They haven't lost this month yet. And they've allowed only 76, over 76 points just once in those games. And in that game, they scored 90 points. So I think they are getting it done this month. They are the hot team in February. And as good as Arkansas looks, I think they're coming off that UK win. And hopefully it's instilled a little better in them. So we'll disagree here. I'm going with Tennessee winning on the road. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're right. That is as, as poor as that offense has been, the, the reason they're sitting where they're at and that the record is is because that defense is – it's stout. I mean, they, 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 just, they make it as tough on you as possible. All right, Ian, let's go to the big state of Texas. We got Thanks, the dude. Chris Beard rivalry. The Red Raiders coming into Austin, looking to get a win over their old head coach. Who do you have in this Texas Tech against Texas game? I'm going with Chris Beard. I don't know. Like, it's it's definitely close. But uh, Texas Tech got a full head of steam after a win against Baylor. And you know they're going into that matchup one in blood. So I think it's going to be Texas Tech. It'll be close. And I definitely think Texas could eke out a win if they need. But I'm going Texas Tech after that win over Baylor. I agree. Like, this Texas Tech team is – it's. I mean, they look like a, a prototypical Chris Beard team. I suppose he did just leave, but, like, uh, I'm sure he's happy in Texas, but he has to be watching a little bit and be like, damn, that, that, that Red Raiders team looks a little bit better. Like, they're just – they're tough. They, they they play great defense, efficient offense. That, that turnaround and that win against Baylor was, was so, so impressive. And, you know, a, a lot of these guys, like, I, they still want some revenge. That that's, that's a harsh move when your coach goes, hi, I'm going to the bigger school in state. Bye-bye. You guys aren't good enough. See ya. Like, they, like you said, they, they, they want blood. Yeah, they definitely want some blood, so we agree there. All right, our final one. It's the biggest Big Ten matchup of the week. Still two teams vying for the title. It's it's a freaking dogfight. Rutgers is even in the Big Ten title race now. Uh, but Illinois going into East Lansing. It's the Illini against the Spartans. Who do you got in the big marquee Big Ten matchup this weekend, Jan? Yeah, I got a question for you. Has Michigan State showed that they can score yet? No, right? So, no. I'm not going nope. with Michigan State. I'm going with Illinois. Uh, MSU just doesn't have the offensive firepower to match Coburn, let alone the entire Illinois team. Uh, so, I'm going with Illinois. Was a you know rough loss against Rutgers, but we also know Rutgers has done that four times in a row, so it's not surprising. Yeah. And, um, I think that's more indicative. Michigan State was a body on that run, too. Yeah, exactly. And I think Illinois showed out much better than Michigan State did. So I'm going to go with with uh, I'm going to go with Illinois in this one. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I just think Illinois is, is just the, the overall better team. Like Michigan State's offense, there's so many times you watch them and it looks like they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, it's, it's just not one of Izzo's best team. It'll, it'll be a close game because it's, it's you know, in the Izzo zone. Uh, the fans will be making it tough on the Illini, but in a place like that, even if it's tough shooting, when you got a guy like Kofi Coburn who can just absolutely dominate, as, as good as Michigan State shot blockers are, they're they're not big dudes, so they they'll probably get a block here and there, but but Coburn's going to be able to bully them with just that strength he has. Right, agreed. I I think that they have a great defensive team, but matching up against a player like Coburn is not something that they can do easily. Right. All right, we only disagree on one. Hopefully the Razorbacks get me get me one back and I can start making a little bit of a comeback. But Jan, we have now reached the cool down. All right, this. let's start. We're gonna keep we're gonna go back to Sort of football. We're going to go back to Super Bowl, I guess. Mm. What was your favorite musical performance at the Super Bowl? Yeah, uh, so hard. The whole thing was so good. I'm going to go with Mary J. Blige, though. She killed it. And you know what I, I like about Mary J. Blige? I think so many times, like, older singers try to act like they're not older. 
And Mary J. Blige, I feel like she went out there and she just did what she could. You know, she was just like singing and she was dancing and she wasn't trying to do anything to make it seem like, yeah, it just killing it. And I thought she was iconic. That outfit was iconic. The way she fell on the floor and then like hung out on the couch later, iconic. So I'm going to go Mary (laughs) J. Blige. I think it was great. The couch, the couch chilling was so great. It was amazing. It was a moment. We had that moment. It was my favorite Super Bowl halftime show easily. I do love that like meme that's going around. It's like oh, everyone born from like 85 to 95 is is like, oh, heck yeah. Dre and Eminem and Snoop are performing. Like finally it's not music for the old people. Then you're like, then you realize you are the old people. You are the old people. Yeah, I saw something that was like, if you remember watching these people in your 20s, then it's time for your colonoscopy. <laughs> Which was funny. <laughs> That's a great... Uh, my my favorite, like, I think my favorite sort of, sort of pageantry of the performance was had to be Kendrick's. But oh, look, yeah, of course. I'm a white boy from the mid... I'm a white boy from the Midwest. It was Eminem. <laughs> Duh. That's my dude. I gotta go with Eminem. It they all great. were so good, though. They all were so, so good. Right. I agree. And I think that I, I just wanted more. I just wanted more and more and more. And usually at a halftime show, that's not what you say. You're just like, is this over yet? And I just yeah. want more. Yeah. So I always like feel like I'm like, this is lasting way too long. And that one, I was like, what? It's done? Yeah. It did feel short. So I think my favorite that I've seen in a long time, too. So really, really excited that we got to witness that. It's always cool too. I mean, like the the Shakira J Lo one in my like when you when you like really take the the spirit and the embod- like embodiment of the city and really make it a part of it too, uh, is is such a, a great moment. And it was I, I love too the whole like Eminem and Matt Stafford in the Super Bowl. This is the closest the Lions fans are ever gonna get. Oh, oh that hurts. It's How true. does it feel? How does it feel, Detroit? True. How does it hey, feel? Yes. I think all Detroit fans, I've, you were allowed to be a Rams fan this year. Yeah. All right, Jan, it's time for the hot seat. Oh, let's do it. All right, the, the rumors around Tom Brady are still swirling. Clearly, if he comes back, He's not trying to come back with the Bucks. I, I think if, if, he, if he wanted to, he, he just would have. So, Tom Brady comes back. Where do you see Tom Brady going? Or maybe not so much that. Where do you think is would be the best fit for Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl with a 13? The New England pick. No. Um, I think that's <laughs> <laughs> He's coming back. Sorry, no. Mac. Uh, sorry, Mac. We don't care about you that much. Um yeah, it's it's an interesting question. So what is the best fit? Yeah, because I'm not going to pick like where I think because who, who knows. I'm going to guess right. an NFC team because the AFC is so loaded. So if I'm guessing an NFC team, I mean, don't you think he would like to go down to New Orleans, win it with the Saints? And stay like, in the division? And stay in the division. And also, like, that division it'd isn't be, good. It'd be dangerous. That division yeah. isn't good. So... Mm-hmm. If Michael Thomas, now that you're gone from that other team, Tom, they're not all that good. Right. So I could just see them struggling, but the defense is good, and the Saints can just be like, "Hey, you want to win one more? You know, you 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 can (laughs) you can win as many as Drew Brees did here. Oh, that would be actually insulting. Now that I think about it, that'd be really insulting. That would be harsh. Um, Harsh, Drew. But I'm going to stick with it. I do think the Saints are a good team. They're an easy division to win. They have the players. I mean, I I actually can't even say that because what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara? What's going to happen with Michael Thomas? But I'm going to stick with my first enough. I think they'd get enough weapons. That defense is so, so good. Like, they'd be able to to put something together. Yeah, so I'm going to say the New Orleans Saints, I think, is a, a good answer. I also think San Francisco 49ers, if Trey Lance isn't ready. I think that'd be yeah, great. You know he likes San Francisco. You know he likes San Francisco. Nasty. Yeah. Go to Cali. Go to Cali. I mean, I think that would be He's, great for everyone. He does well in the warm weather. We'll get him another he does. He boat does drunk tour. Yeah, that's all he <laughs> wants to do. Let's just find another drunk boat, drunk boat tour. 
Honestly, dude, if, after the day he looked to seem to have, I would understand why he'd want to do that again. All right, John, will the Rams win another Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford at quarterback? No, I don't think so. I think this was their one. I think it worked out really well. I think a lot of things happened uh, that were favoring them. And I, I think at the end of the day, there are just too many other good teams up and coming that I think the Rams – they. they you said win another Super Bowl, right? Not make another Super Bowl? Yeah, win. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think even if they were able to make it through the NFC, I think that the AFC is just so, so strong that I think whatever team comes out at that end is going to be the one that wins it. So I'm going to say no. I don't think it's – it's not because of Stafford. It's just because of how hard it is to win Super Bowls. And I don't see Stafford yeah. as, like, a surefire thing like that. For sure. I I, I would I would agree. I, they certainly could get it done, but – I. I'm not putting my money on it. All right, last one. Our NFL discussion will start turning on to the draft. How many quarterbacks do you see going in the first round? Yeah, I mean, what's the what the number right now that it's looking like is like five. I don't think it's gonna be that many. I think that I think that teams are looking at this draft and saying, like, listen, none of these quarterbacks are gonna be anything like the quarterbacks we think. Like, they're comparing them to the quarterbacks that have come in the last two drafts that have all, like, are all playoff teams now. And I don't think well, any they're, of the team- they're Well, they're comparing them and saying it's not a good comparison. Right, it's like McShay, Like, McShay, like, like, yesterday was on ESPN and said, five quarterbacks last year went in the top 15. If you added that draft class with this draft class, the, this draft class top guy would go sixth. Like, that, that class had five guys better than the top guy here. Well, I also think that you look at Kyle Trask, right, who is, like, I think the sixth guy taken. I think he would be in the top two, and we're not even talking about him. So I think that uh, I think that what's going to happen is that one team that's supposed to pick a quarterback isn't going to pick that quarterback, and then we'll kind of see some of the quarterbacks roll off. So I'm going to say three. I'm going to say three quarterbacks in the first round. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you know they're going to go. Like, whether they're top or not, you know they're going to go. There's probably going to be one even in the top ten. I, I think Pickett and Malik Willis out of Liberty, kind of the stuff they bring, I, I could see a team falling in love with them too. But yeah, I think I think three is a good number. It's 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 not going to be a high one, but it's it's the most valuable position. And teams that need a quarterback will, I mean, sometimes you just gotta you gotta go for it. All right, Jan, you're off the hot seat. Well Woo. done, my friend. Thank you, everybody. Out, you all are off off the hot seat as well. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Wonderful to talk all things sports, to take down the uh, the Super Bowl. I wish we were talking about the Packers win, but I, I came into work this week and I was like, man, I was so ready to come in this week wearing my Packers jersey, wearing my jacket, just feeling like a Super Bowl champ. An owner. Couldn't do an it. An owning champ. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, at least I'm still an owner. Still got that going for me. But there congratulations to the Rams. They are certainly deserving Super Bowl champs. Jan, you got anything for the beautiful people? Yeah, just I wanted to make a note because we didn't talk about it, and I don't want to talk about it all that much. I'm going to get on my soapbox one more time. Um, Russian Olympic Committee, you don't deserve to be in the Olympics anymore. I'm sorry. You doped enough so your flag isn't able to be flown, and now you're still doing this ding, stuff. Ding, ding. It's ridiculous. And, like, I it's feel garbage. bad. I feel bad for the girl because she's young, and I know that it wasn't her choice. Um, so people attacking her isn't crazy, but I, I, that shit's I have, gotta stop. That stuff's gotta like, stop. She is a 15 year old child in a country we all know does like, who does knows if she even knew, knows what she was taking. Like she could have been, like, so honestly. I, 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 I mean, she did. You're 15. You're a, you're, she's a kid as a kid. Right. And so I, I, I take nothing from that Russian Olympic committee that they win in any kind of honesty, I think that that country should be absolutely ashamed of themselves, and I think that I think that the Olympic Committee needs to just ban them. I think they just need to ban them from an Olympics. Not do this whole flag thing. It's ridiculous. It's garbage. It's, it's so nothing. bad. Yeah. It is the most like, oh, you're banned from the Olympics, but not at all. Yeah, there's you're, no... You're still allowed to do it. You're still Russian. We still all know you. It's just not the, the flag and Russia. You're that is not a punishment for cheating. Right. A hundred percent. I would be like, I would be like, hey, I mean, they didn't punish the Astros, but if they're like, hey, Astros, so uh, this year you're going to, you're going to just going to go by the Strohs. 
Yeah. And uh, that's that's your punishment. I, that actually probably would have been more of a punishment than they got. But yeah, it's, seriously, it's it's just kind of a travesty. Um, and I, it's just so it, it was so hard to watch that event because it was so like the commentators didn't even want to talk about it. Rightfully so. Because they're like, what's yeah. the point of talking about this? So I just think that the Olympic Committee really needs to take this as like, this is the final straw. They had their chance over and over and over and over again. And if you don't do something now, then everybody should just be allowed to dope and see who does it the well, best. Because it just doesn't like, make any sense. And we're talking too about like the, this young child. Like that to me is like abuse. So it's not yeah. even just like that you're trying to enhance your performance you're abusing athletes, something that we know, unfortunately, has happened in right. s- for so many years, especially in Olympic sports. But it's like that, that shit you've got to that, that can't be allowed. Like that's it's, whether she knew what she was doing or not. If you're 15 years old, you like you're those are adults that are just manipulating you. And, and for like and, and that shit is to me the, the far worse part of it than even the, the cheating, you know? Yeah, I agreed. So I just wanted to bring that up. And uh, congratulations to all the teams that are that are doing well. Germany currently in second in the medal standings. Let's go! Um, but uh, yeah, uh, USA, USA. Yeah, they're doing well too. They're they're, they're doing just fine. Don't you worry. They're doing just fine. They aren't <laughs> doing fine. They're kind of sucking. All right. Yeah. Thank y'all. Cheers. <laughs>